0: supply chain could move as quickly as the current flush of capital available debt and equity capital may be the one place where supply is looking for demand all this while the need for housing units continues to grow ever greater lack of land supply chain disruptions rising fuel prices greater and greater regulation and well the barriers to new product continue to hold down development Demand has outstripped supply since the 80s, and it appears it will never catch up. Multifamily asset performance is coming in hot on the coast and throughout the Sunbelt. As of Q3, residents are still leaving the urban cores, but high-quality multifamily continues to be durable. All this to say, capital has moved away from traditional asset classes like equities and bonds, and real estate has become a great alternative. Today's guest is someone who knows a lot about the flow of money into real estate. Paul Ducey is co-head of real estate at CP Capital. Founded in 1989, CP Capital has invested $15 billion in U.S. real estate, including over 70,000 residential units. Paul, it's great to have you on the show.
1: Thanks, Linda. Appreciate it.
0: Paul, CP Capital has made a lot of news recently. Tell us about yourself in CP Capital.
1: Sure. Yeah, a little about myself. Uh, I live in Connecticut. This is uh, the state that I grew up in. Uh, I live in a different part of the state now, but I was gone from New England after college. I was living in Dallas for about 14 years. And uh, then when I joined this company, I came back uh, to the Northeast. Ah, uh, companies based in New York, uh, in Rock Center area. Uh, I my wife is working in the neighboring school district. She's a special ed teacher. Uh, we have two sons. One lives in San Francisco, and one lives near us in Connecticut. And if I had my preference, I'd I'd be outside. I like to go running. Uh, in the winter time, I'm happy to get on the ski slopes. Uh, so less time looking at screens, more time outside is is my preference. The company uh, is, as Linda said, 32 years old, and from the start, uh, they made investments in apartments. Over time, I think the, the general description you could give is that we've had opportunistic investments in U.S. apartments, and the capital backing those investments has been German private wealth. And then at the same time, we had more conservative investments in office, industrial, and retail. And the capital there was largely institutional German capital. So overseas capital brought into the U.S., largely German. Uh, Over time, we've done less in the office industrial retail area. Basically, over the last 10 years, those institutional portfolios were being sold. And as of 2019, we really have none of that anymore as of the end of 2019. On the apartment side, when I joined uh, 28 years ago, so close to the start, we started doing apartment development joint ventures. So opportunistic, coming in with developers at the start of construction and then selling properties after they were leased up. And the nice story there, and and certainly you you, will talk more about our focus on that, which is that ever since that 1994 start in that category, we've done apartment developments every single year, except 2009, which fortunately we had capital available to buy some properties and for a number of years made some good value add buys. But actually by 2010, we were back doing some development. So that's that's our focus. That's been our consistent focus. And today that's really our, our sort of singular focus is uh, these apartment uh, development ventures.
0: CP Capital recently had a change in ownership and a corporate rebranding. What led to these changes and will they affect CP Capital's investment strategy?
1: So the changes came from uh, you know, jointly from our ownership and the management. Uh, the ownership uh, was German in terms of two German families and they were focused Uh, a little more on their private equity business and their wealth management business. And they wanted to continue to give it a greater focus. And we were looking to expand a little further. So from a management standpoint, uh, we were looking to bring in some strategic partners that would allow us to have another capital source in addition to the strong base of German private capital that we raise. We also, Ideally, wanted to find someone who was active in multifamily housing who could uh, look with us at other strategies within that space. And and certainly the third thing we were looking for was was a cultural fit. Uh, We've got a a lot of people who have worked together for many years uh, and we wanted to have a a new strategic partner uh, that would match up well with us, just like our previous owners had uh, just culturally in terms of uh, the feel of of what we're doing every day and how we interact with each other and work together. Um, So that's that's come all all come about and it translates into a name change. But uh, from the other part of the question, it doesn't change what we're doing Uh, strategically. As I said, we've been doing these apartment joint ventures consistently for almost 30 years. And that's still our focus. So that's what the type of investment we're making right now Uh, And that's what we're targeting for the next couple of years.
0: So why does CP Capital focus on multifamily rather than other commercial real estate sectors?
1: Well, you know, part of it is a pretty basic demographic story. It it is a case where the U.S. has population growth. uh, There is household growth. There's a need for housing. So. uh, Part of it is that simple that there's, uh, there's a need for this product. Uh, specifically though, when you look at the history of apartments, uh, it's a stable asset class. It, it tends to stay well occupied uh, and we tend to have consistent re- positive rent growth. And then another aspect of it is, is simply good supply demand balance. Uh, there are times when it gets a little out of whack, but really uh, for much of the time, uh, we're, we're falling short. And right now, overall household growth versus uh, new supply of housing, there's a gap there. And, and it's uh, a, you know, a shortfall in terms of producing houses and in terms of producing uh, apartments. So that's a, a good thing that's, that's in place most of the time, good supply demand balance. And then the final thing right now, and again, it's a demographic story that's been positive all along. With population growth, but with growth, but with the millennials, that's a big group, and uh, they are marrying later. They're buying a house later. Uh, they're renting longer, and even now, if they're at the point where they would uh, like to be in a house, maybe they're gonna maybe they're gonna rent a house or, or rent an apartment. Uh, so uh, I think the demographic, you know, lifestyle story is one that continues to uh, be strong for
0: apartments. One of CP Capital's preferred investment strategies is to look for value-add opportunities, a rather popular strategy. Have you found it harder recently to find opportunities that meet your objectives for investment returns?
1: Yeah, in the value-add category I mentioned, we, we fortunately had capital in 2009, which was a great time to be buying. And, and, and typically, the people who were selling probably shouldn't have been. So that was, that was a perfect time. It continued for a number of years, and we we made acquisitions and did development ventures. Uh, but I would say, when you get to 2015 or 2016, I, I don't know if we've done any since then that are these value add acquisitions. We we do them in the, in the same way. We team up with uh, a local expert, someone who's managing properties in that market, and someone who has a you know construction renovation team to do it. So we did them in ventures with uh, good operators. But in, in the last four or five years, we've really only done development ventures. We've still found that there's uh, a value there, a value play there. There's an ability to uh, make a, a good opportunistic development. Uh, and there's a nice spread between what we can build them for and what they can be sold for once they're built and stabilized. But we've stayed away from the value add. It's, it's gotten too too competitive and, and too difficult.
0: That makes sense. How have you adjusted your business approach to account for the recent surges in commodity prices and the shortages of construction materials and labor?
1: Yeah, so a, a key for us, obviously, is who are we partnering with? So we're, we're doing all these. We're an equity partner. We're coming in and we've got a lot of history, as we've said, we've, we've seen all sorts of things that can go wrong. Um, but fortunately, over that time where we've consistently been in the market, we've developed very strong relationships. So looking at our partner and we're counting on them first to be addressing the things you mentioned, you know, the pricing. Uh, they're coming to us with a budget. Uh, they're refining how much they're putting in there as contingency. Uh, escalations for lumber was going on. Now that's come back down, but there's other things going up in price. So it's it's a matter of looking at that with our developer partner. We do have construction people in-house, a couple of ones that are construction background. Uh, they're looking in detail at the budgets. They're looking in detail at the team. And and we're trying to be helpful. Rather than just be a, a money partner, we're experienced enough that we can bring something else to the table and and, and can help in those situations. But I'd, I'd say the main thing that's going on is we're just seeing contingency in the budgets and, and we're fine to work with that. Uh, and then uh, as you get closer to being ready to start, you can you can sort of finalize those numbers. And uh, that's that's been working And the market at the same time as costs have gone up the market has 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 gone up to some strong rent growth is almost everywhere in the first half of this year so some instances where we thought oh this is going to be a problem the costs are going up we really saw the the revenue side go up even better so we, we've got things that uh, we were concerned about who that look better today than than we thought they were going to
0: how does inflation enter into that
1: yeah i i, I think Historically, apartments are, are a good place to, to be real, uh, in relative to inflation. I mean, Again, they, it's had a steady rent growth within apartments. The nice thing is you're dealing with a one-year lease typically, uh, and so you can adjust things. Uh, if, if pricing should go up, it, it can. We're not stuck with a five-year or a 10-year lease term that's uh, put us in a difficult situation. Uh, so, you know historically, it's been a good good space to be in. Uh, we've been in it consistently and and so inflation has has moved around over those thirty years. Uh, but I would typically say to someone, it, it's always been a good time to be doing apartments. Sometimes it's better to be in one state or region than another, and we recognize that, but it's a big country, and there's 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 always opportunity somewhere.
0: When, if ever, Paul, do you see the urban core coming back?
1: Well, I, I see uh, some of that happening right right now. Um, There's there certainly young people who like the aspects of of the urban core. Talking with some of the developers we work with, who who have some urban projects, and, and we're very suburban focused, uh, but they have some urban ones. Um, you know, they're seeing pr- pretty good strength in in different locations. Uh, it's not an area that we that we focus on. It's not. Where we're trying to be, really, uh, the the bigger urban markets, the bigger major markets, we're still tending to try and be in the suburbs of those those areas. So I can't say I'm the best one to uh, opine on it, but but my conversations uh, have indicated that that they're, they're, they're seeing a recovery and in, in some markets that the supply demand was in pretty good shape, so they're they're seeing a, a nice performance from the property.
0: I'm sure that strategy paid off during COVID.
1: Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, one one thing that was a factor in COVID was the construction side, if you look at development. And, and some of the major markets were really shut down for a, at least for a while in, in their cities. But fortunately, the suburban locations that we were in, uh, you could continue working all along. In most places, ultimately, you could... Uh, you know, this construction work was considered uh, vital and and was allowed to happen. But there were some markets where you couldn't. And uh, fortunately, we we didn't have much of a delay uh, in terms of the actual construction activity.
0: CP Capital has investments in 30 states, including all of the fast growing usual suspects. However, you also have investment in states losing population like Mississippi and Illinois. How do you find investment opportunity in a slow growth region?
1: Yeah, I think some of those are specific uh, types of assets. I mean, Mississippi was a student housing property at the University of Mississippi. So a large uh, university, one that is, is well thought of in terms of the student housing market, and that's where that investment was focused. So sometimes within our portfolio, we're including some student housing acquisitions or, or development. Uh, we don't have any right right now, but that was the Mississippi answer. Uh, and that could be true for some of the other ones that we show in terms of where we've made investments. Illinois is, you've got Chicago. So Chicago, you, you know, there should be opportunity there, uh, the major city. There are some opportunities in the city, and then we've done things in the suburbs. We have a project in the suburbs now. I'd say the difficulty there in the suburbs is is a little more related to uh, property taxes. It's a tough environment, a tough market, and uh, right now we're struggling with that in terms of the tax assessment. And now that this property that we have is stabilizing, you know, what are the taxes going to be? And so, so it's that it has that issue, which isn't, which is a bigger issue there than in some other places. Um, but otherwise, if we're in uh, a place, you know, a good example that shows up on there is St. Louis. And that was tied very much to a developer who was based in St. Louis, who we were doing things with them previously in, in the Carolinas and in Phoenix. They happened to be based in St. Louis. But coming out of the recession, they found some great opportunities in the, the nice St. Louis suburbs. And uh, those turned into great joint uh, ventures that we did with them. And, and we were comfortable because of them and because of our experience with them. So there are times where a market doesn't show up on the, the top of the growth list, but we've got a partner who's who's an expert.
0: That is always beneficial. CP Capital is an active trader in commercial real estate. How would President Biden's proposed changes to the 1031 exchange rules impact your business model?
1: Yeah, for, for us, we're not, We're not doing anything with the 1031 ourselves. Uh, We we, we tend to have closed end funds. Uh, We get the proceeds from a sale and we distribute them back to the investors that are part of the fund. Uh, We're not doing anything with that exchange. Where it comes in for us is the buyers of some of our properties. So once the property is leased up, we're typically selling right away. Uh, If you go to the market, there's uh, institutions, there's private buyers, and that includes some that are doing a 1031 exchange uh, at times they're the most aggressive they're uh, wanting to make that exchange happen uh, they've got a deadline that's a part of that process and so sometimes they're they're the most aggressive buyer so it could impact the the buy side <laughs> uh, in terms of uh, people buying our properties but for us so indirectly in that way, but not directly in terms of a strategy that we pursue with, with the proceeds that we receive.
0: Well, thanks for the clarity, Paul. It's good to know that capital is there. A few key breaks in the economy and we could see the floodgates open. It's good to have you on the show.
1: No, I appreciate it, Linda, and uh, happy to talk with you.
0: There's a lot of money looking for a home out there, literally. Building sentiment is high. Performance in most markets is strong. We're also seeing high levels of foreign capital looking to be deployed in the U.S. Now more than ever, we need conditions to open up to deploy. Regardless, housing will continue to be the market sweetheart for some time to come. That's all for today. Thanks for joining us. I'm Linda Hoffman. See you on our next exciting episode of NAHB Power Hitters.